0: I'm Sarah Rose, and this is the Mind Body Academy podcast. I'm here to teach you how to think yourself slim. It's not brain surgery, and I promise you can do it too. Listen in to find out how. What's up everyone? As always, it's good to be here with you. Today's episode is going to give you some key insights into what the hell happens that leads people to fall off their diets or food plans. We're going to be talking about the what the hell effect and what that is and how it trips most people up. You need to understand this to get why willpower can work at first to get you to stick to your diet or exercise program, but why it fails miserably in the long run. So many of you are on this personal quest to find the perfect diet or weight loss strategy. Because of this, many of you have an extremely low failure tolerance. You give up way too easy and you whine and complain and spin out in frustration. That is so characteristic of a dieter mentality, and I want to help you snap out of it. (laughs) The reason why I'm calling you out on this is because this way of thinking is very all or nothing, and it keeps you start stopping when it comes to your weight loss goals. It's interfering with your ability to get yourself to where you want to be. What happens is that when you have that dieter mentality, you have a set idea of how much you are supposed to eat what you're supposed to eat and not eat and maybe how many calories you're not supposed to exceed in a day. When you go over that daily limit or you go off plan, what will tend to happen is that you'll think to yourself that you've blown your diet for the day. There's this sense of, what the hell, I've already ruined my diet so I might as well let myself go a little today and I'll be good again tomorrow or I'll start over on Monday. So maybe your friend or your hubby whips up some comfort food for you and you tell yourself that you just can't pass it up. And then when it comes to dessert, you're like, what the hell, just go for some of that too. You can see how this can lead someone to be in this cycle of being on plan and off plan, being very off and on. I've coached a lot of people who come to me very confused about how to get back on plan. I always ask them what they plan for their next meal, and my answer is always going to be the same. (laughs) You guys, it's always going to be, eat that. It really is that simple. But what a lot of you are doing when you break your plans is you're turning around, and you're guilting yourselves, and you're shaming yourselves, and you're thinking things like, I'm never going to be able to do this, or this is just too much work. And when you do that, it feels awful. And guess what you're prone to do when you feel awful? That's right, feel bad, eat food. (laughs) So if you're guilting yourself to get back on plan, you're also going to have to use the guilt to stay on plan. But if the guilt usually leads to overeating, you can see how that's self-defeating. You're going to want to eat to get relief from your own self-criticism. That's when you start resisting the diet or your food plan. You have to beat yourself up internally to stay on it, so why would you want to stay on it? When the what the hell effect kicks in, it's like, what the hell, I might as well get these foods that I'm going to be depriving myself of in the future. I might as well get them in and then give myself a clean slate to start over. The reason it feels like you need this do-over is because of how critical you are with yourself in your mind. You don't want it to count. You'd rather Be doing it perfectly. There's a sense that you need to be following the diet perfectly, or else it doesn't really matter. A part of you is wanting to be able to get to the result with no mess ups and slip ups or failures. It's an impossible standard. Learning how to lose the weight in a way that makes sense for you and your lifestyle comes from doing, which means you're going to have to get it wrong to start getting it right i want you to think for a moment how you might respond when you break your plan does it motivate you to do better next time does it make you curious are you like asking yourself what was going on right before that happened or does it shut you down completely or turn you off from getting back on your plan because when your failure tolerance is low what happens is that a lot of you Wait around to be told what to do to get back on track instead of picking right back up with no loss of enthusiasm. Instead, you're sitting in confusion. (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to do this. I should be able to do this. Why do I keep doing this? None of those thoughts are helpful, right? So, what ends up happening is you avoid doing anything until you feel certain enough that you can start over without failing. This creates so much stagnation and yo-yoing what i want you to recognize is breaking your plan is no big deal if you're willing to learn from it and keep going the worst part of breaking your plan is an emotion that's it (laughs) and emotions are harmless when you allow yourselves to feel them that is the core of everything i teach when you aren't so stopped by your emotions You're going to be willing to try so much more until you get yourself exactly to where you want yourself to be. You're going to be much more motivated to try different strategies, to change things up on your plans, to make those adjustments, to become more flexible and adaptable so that you're following through even if your circumstances change, even if you have to take on more stress at work or that kind of thing. You'll be more willing to do what is required of you to lose the weight despite your circumstances changing. I want you to seriously ask yourself right now what you would be doing differently than you're doing now if you were willing to make mistakes, if you were willing to risk getting it wrong. What might you try? Here's an idea. What about making your plans doable instead of perfect? And maybe... That means something like putting a big bowl of ice cream onto your plan, which is way better than eating from the whole tub, right? And going through that. How about you follow through with that until you start to want to take the ice cream off your plan because you're motivated from seeing some results. You're motivated from following through. What you have been unwilling to learn from your past mistakes is what's keeping you in the same place. Most of us, when we mess up, we just want to kind of sweep it under the rug and forget about it. We want to hide in shame. Or we think we will motivate ourselves by being even harder on ourselves, so we raise our standards even higher instead of making them more achievable and gradually ramping up our changes. It's a very all-or-nothing approach. But here's the thing. The speediness with which you make your next best decision determines the level of results you create. In this case, we're talking about weight loss. It's about using what you learned from your last decision to inform your next decision. If your last decision was to overeat, you can learn from what was going on to prepare yourself for the next decision about what to eat or how you will make your food plans. So you overeat. The first thing I want you to do is change what that means for you. Far too many of you are making it mean something about you as a person. Like that you're out of control, or that you lack self-control, or that you're unacceptable in some way. There's what you do, and then there's who you are. Those two things are actually separate things. When you can separate yourself out, then what you chose to do, like overeat, which you might be tempted to label as a failure, is just information. That's all it is, information. What happened in the past, information. And you can look at it, study it, and understand it so you can learn from it and do better next time. Maybe all it means is that you got a little ahead of yourself and you just need to dial it back to find that sweet spot between challenging and doable. If you overate, what else could it mean besides your automatic snap judgment? Don't use those moments where something doesn't go according to plan to criticize yourself or to put yourself down or to feel less worthy. Making mistakes moves you forward. It teaches you what to pay attention to. And that is everything. It shows you your growing edge. We tend to forget about all the things that are working when we do something that we think was wrong. So we'll just label the whole thing as not working. Ask yourself what you're doing well. Ask yourself what you could be doing even better and keep going. Not quitting moves you towards where you want to be. That's the secret. I want you to think for a minute next time this happens to you. Next time you overeat and feel like saying what the hell and spiraling. I want you to slow yourself down and to ask yourself, what's this about? What's the matter? What do I need to understand so I don't quit? Progress wins out over perfection every time. Learning from your mistakes is how you create momentum, not by doing everything perfectly. I tried to stay on this food plan and I didn't. That's it. What can I learn from that? Process the information and move forward. If you find yourself in, I don't know what to do, I'm confused. Can someone tell me what to do? Just remind yourself. All you need to do is try something, (laughs) try something, anything. If it works, awesome, keep doing it. If it doesn't, make an adjustment and make another attempt. You keep trying something else until you get it working for you. Way too many of you are trying something that doesn't work and you just keep trying it over and over again expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity. I always say, the hardest part of weight loss is not making it harder than it has to be. Seriously, you guys, if making it harder keeps landing you right back where you started, then maybe you're turning the volume knob on the level of challenge in the wrong direction. What are you unwilling to learn and adjust so that you can actually make progress? We're too quick to say that diet didn't work or that program or food plan didn't work instead of looking at what specifically was not working and adjusting for that specific thing. You might be wondering at this point how we practice self-control without ending up having that experience where we binge on the other end of it or overdo it and go with the hell. What's the alternative? There are lots of people out there who talk about how when they stopped restricting themselves, they stopped binging. And it's easy to make that jump and conclude that restricting is bad and that food freedom means no restricting whatsoever. But I don't think that's the answer. I think it's more accurate to recognize that when we use shame and guilt and self-loathing to restrict, that's what's going to lead to binging. The moment you take one little bite of something, you tell yourself that you shouldn't have, you know you're opening yourself up to a barrage of judgment. So of course, why not milk the moment and enjoy it while it lasts before the guilt sets in? One bite that comes with the hell, might as well have the whole thing or the whole box or whatever. What also happens is that when willpower is lowered after that first bite, the overall intensity of your feelings and of the craving is going to get magnified. So if you have a craving to eat a bite of a cookie, the craving actually gets even stronger and even more uncomfortable when you've taken that first bite. So consider that when you're thinking to yourself that one bite won't hurt. That opens you up to the the what-the-hell effect. But the point I want to make here is that the the what-the-hell effect isn't caused by the dietary restriction. The binging or overeating is caused by what's motivating the restriction. If you're restricting your food from a place of believing that your body is fat or not good enough or believing that you're in some way not acceptable or worthy, of course that's going to lead you to end up feeling so shitty that you just want to say screw it, what the hell, and let yourself go. It requires a tremendous amount of willpower to restrict in that way. And willpower depletes itself with use. So throughout your day you're depleting your willpower and that kind of self-control is just not sustainable. So the alternative to restricting isn't not restricting. It's not restricting from self-loathing or shame or guilt or any other negative emotion. The alternative is restricting from love. You're restricting yourself out of genuine care and wanting what's best for yourself. Parents do this all the time, right? We can apply the same notion with ourselves. Restrictions are not inherently bad. People limit the speed at which they drive, the amount of alcohol they drink, how much they spend, who they spend their time with. We put all kinds of limits in place and we do that to be in a position to take care of ourselves. Restrictions are a healthy, beautiful thing when they enhance our well-being. And even though we might sometimes have the urge to, say, drive like we're in Fast and the Furious or get hammered on a weeknight, notice that when we're putting these kind of restrictions on ourselves because we're looking out for ourselves, they're usually much easier to follow through on. Not always, (laughs) but for the most part, we want to abide by those rules we set for ourselves because we understand where we're coming from. We want to stay alive, wake up with more than $6.11 to our name and not show up to work with a hangover. (laughs) It feels good when we're following through on those kind of restrictions. We don't need to rely on willpower to follow them. So I want to encourage you to embrace the idea of placing restrictions on yourself from a loving place. You're going to do this with the help of Bright Lines. Bright lines are clear, simple, unambiguous rules. Should be very clear in your mind if you cross the line when you set a bright line. I want you to use restriction in a way that supports you in achieving your ultimate result, whether it comes to your weight loss or what you want in your life. So an example of a bright line I used and still use to this day is no cereal. I grew up on the stuff, I used to snack on it all day, I just decided that I had had enough cereal for an entire lifetime, or maybe two, and then I drew the line. I don't even have to think about it if I'm presented with the option, I pre-decided that the answer will be no. I'm not like going down the cereal aisle and even when I maybe do, I'm not tempted by it at all because it's just out of my mind completely. Part of the reason for that is that if someone offers me some cereal, I'm not like answering that I can't have it. Instead, I'm answering that I don't have it. Can you hear that difference? A bright line is not so much a restriction as it is a decision. For those of you who work with me in Think Yourself Slim, you implement a version of this method of these bright lines when you make your 24-hour mindful meal plans. I get you to think about yourself 24 hours from now, and then you're making a food plan that takes care of that future self. It's a plan that takes into account what kind of day you're going into and what might be going on. So you're planning your food accordingly in a way that you can follow through on. When you're coming from love, you have to think about what you're going to need and how much you're going to need to plan to eat and what you're going to put on there because your bright line is that If it's on your plan for the day, you can eat it, and if it isn't, you don't. That way, if someone offers you something that's not on your plan, or you have a craving for something that's not on your plan, you're not deciding what you'll do in that moment. It clears up any indecisiveness. It's clear and well-defined in your mind. There's no back-and-forth mental tug-of-war. But you have to make plans and set bright lines that take care of you or else you're using willpower instead of decidedness and integrity to uphold your commitments. When you're using willpower, you'll think things like, oh, it was really good today when you follow your plan or I've been really good lately. But think for a second what you're actually saying when you think like that. You're implying that you're the kind of person who eats like crap and that you've been good because you didn't eat like crap, as if it's not in the nature of who you are. It's like saying that you eating healthy is completely separate from your actual identity. With bright lines, you're aligning what you do with who you are becoming. So it's more of an identity shift. When you think of your future self who has already lost the weight, what kind of bright lines help them get there? What kind of agreements did you make with yourself that got you all the way to that result? And I want you to really go to that place in your mind where the weight loss is as good as done, as if it's already happened. And from that perspective, redecide what you make it mean when you cross a line, when you go off plan. If the weight loss is as good as done, is it really that big of a deal? In the grand scheme of all of your weight loss? No, of course not it's not such a defining moment what's maladaptive and the reflex that a lot of people have is when we have these what the hell moments because we're trying to follow diet rules instead of bright lines and then we binge and binge and binge and we beat ourselves up about it well it takes a long time to get back on track because that feeling of deprivation is exhausting so you're going to want to resist it for as long as you can, enjoy the moment, get relief from not following any rules at all, and then when you get back on plan, it's going to feel like you're starting over. There's no analyzing what happened to create more future awareness, making it more likely that you just trip yourself up again. So differently, bright lines are all about creating more awareness. When you use bright lines, you can witness yourself in those moments wanting something different than maybe what you had planned or what you agreed with yourself are the parameters of how you'd like to be eating in different situations and allow yourself to want what you want without making that mean something about you. And then that leaves you with so much more love and respect for yourself to say no to yourself. Not because you can't, have what it is that you want, but because it's what you are choosing as the kind of person that you are affirming yourself to be. A firm loving no can feel so much more satisfying and gratifying than satisfying a craving and breaking the rules. Just think of everything you're saying yes to in those moments when you say no to indulging a craving. You're saying yes to realizing how much power you have in your own life to live it on your terms. And with that kind of great power comes great responsibility. So get out there and make your own rules. But don't forget, there aren't any. There are only the ones you decide for yourself. So stay amazing, get out there, have some fun with this. I'll talk to you again very soon. Hey, if you're ready to train your mind as much as you're behind, sign up for the Genius Body. It's my free course and it's been known to help people just like you start losing some weight starting today. So click on that link in the show notes and let's start a transformation today.